You are listening to the Living Room Confessional Podcast. Hi, guys. Happy Monday. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Conchetta on. She's a good friend of mine and an ex-coworker. And we're going to be talking about different experiences that she's encountered in her life and how they've kind of shaped her into who she is. So a lot of us in our lives, we make plans. We have expectations and of how we kind of want our lives to unfold. And clearly we have no control, which is the problem for a lot of us control freaks like myself out there. You want things to happen a specific way, a specific time, and life's just like, nope, not happening. And things happen. And sometimes it's something that's huge and drastic that completely alters everything that's currently happening in your life. And then sometimes it's something small that's just kind of meant to shift you so that you go a different way. But either way, sometimes these things can be unexpected blessings, or they can be honestly a hot mess of a situation. <laughs> I don't even know how, to, how else I would put it. But these types of experiences can teach us lessons and kind of redefine and shape who we are. Even if we don't see it at the moment, they can shape us in the long term. And so basically, what Conchetta and I are going to be talking about are just like the different experiences that she's gone through. She has such a beautiful and positive outlook on life. She loves to travel and she's just such a happy person, very positive and just so easygoing. But based on the things that she's experienced in her life, you wouldn't always think that this would be her outcome. So I just kind of want to dive deep into some of the things that have happened in her life, which I'm going to let her talk about. I'm not even going to start talking about it here. And just kind of how she came out on the other side and stayed positive and what she did and what she went through. And I really want to understand how these experiences shaped who she is now based on who she was back then. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast and I look forward to your feedback and enjoy the episode. So today we have Conchetta on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Conchetta. How's it going? What you been up to? Thank you, Courtney. Uh, You know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, (laughs) You know, I just started a new job. So I'm out here actually in Washington, D.C. And it's kind of an exciting time to be here, obviously, because of the election. You know, Uh, we we won't really talk about, you know any specifics of where you stand or anything like that. But it's been very interesting. Um, The hotel that I'm staying at is on Black Lives Matter Plaza. So we're two blocks from the White House. So lots of people out uh, on both sides. And but for the most part, it's been very calm, very peaceful. So it's been it's been pretty interesting to be out here and see, you know, what everything is going on. And it's big election so we'll see that's awesome i would always wonder what that would be like to like kind of experience that like to be in dc during an election it seems like it would be crazy you know i thought it was going to be more hectic than it is i mean there's certainly a lot of people in the streets but i don't know for some reason i thought rioting and like bands of people with you know signs and screaming and yelling but not really a lot um and i don't know if some of that has to do with covid and people being 
you know, practicing safe, safe things because of COVID, but no, not a lot of anything going on. I mean, all the buildings around us have boarded up their windows, like something was going to happen, but it's been, I mean, knock on wood, right. But Mm -hmm. everything's been pretty, pretty calm. Well, they stay ready. You gotta be ready for anything in DC. (laughs) For sure. For sure. All right. So give me a little bit of background about yourself. Like tell us where you're from and all that stuff and kind of let us know. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm originally from Catania, Sicily. So I was born there, uh, but I only spent uh, about five, five years there when my mom got remarried to an American citizen. And I was the only child lucky enough to make it over to America. Um, so I'm 34. I've been here basically almost 30 years. So I'm very American. I have my citizenship and all of that. So um I went to school for international business and got a minor in Spanish. And uh, it's funny because when I when I was going into college, I thought, oh, I'm going to be a dentist. But then I realized all the science that was involved in that. And I said, no, that's not for me. So anyway, I just kind of took a generic degree, what, what I thought was generic anyway, a business degree. And um, I got dumped right into freight forwarding. I worked for a company called Rocket Cargo. And that was a very fun, exciting job. Got laid off from that, uh, which was... A little heartbreaking because it was kind of a dream job and then kind of took an interim job at a different um, logistics company. And then that's when, of course, that's how we met. Right. And then I just recently started a new role two weeks ago. So October 2026. 20, and my first project was here in Washington, D.C. So now I'm doing I guess you would call it project management, but it's really transitions from one financial investing firm to another. So we help the financial advisors move over their accounts and then train them on the new systems and operations of that new firm. So, you know, I I look at that and I think about all the jobs that I've had kind of in between uh, what I did at the beginning and what I'm doing now. Similar, but not quite, but certainly skills that I've acquired over the years have transferred nicely. Um, I'm only two weeks into this job, so lots for me to learn, but I can certainly uh, appreciate my past roles in um, in my ability to adapt to this one pretty well. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations on the new role. Thank and you. I hope Thank that, you. I hope that all works out for you and you're happy there. I appreciate that. No, for sure. So far, so good. All right. Well, so tell me about some of the experiences that have majorly impacted your life that you've kind of gone through. Where do I start, right? I don't know. When I think about major events, we'll say major events. So, you know, I mentioned that I came over when I was very young. Um, I had a stepdad, my mom, obviously immigrant. Her English was not that good. So she really depended on me a lot. Did you speak English when you came over? So my first language was Italian for sure. But when I came over, my mother spoke Tagalog because she's from the Philippines. Um, My stepdad spoke English. So when I came over, no one really communicated with me well. In fact, I don't remember this myself, but they told me that I was mute for a year. Just because I was trying to like take it all in, which is really funny because anybody that knows me is like, how are you ever quiet? (laughs) I think about that too, because I'm like, oh, I have no idea. So Italian was my first language, but I honestly, I forgot everything. I didn't uh, relearn it until 17-ish because um, when I was a junior in high school, my mother passed and I didn't have a good relationship with my stepdad. It was kind of, um, he was an alcoholic, so 
not a good relationship, very unhealthy. Um, and I mean, reflecting back, I do feel like he was doing the best that he could at the time. But at that time, being that age and living through it, it was kind of a difficult thing. Um, so when my mom passed, I was kind of like, okay, what am I going to do? I don't have that added extra layer of protection. So I ended up going back to Sicily, honestly. And I spent nine weeks there trying to figure out, okay, do, do I go back to uh, Florida where I grew up or do I just stay in Sicily and figure it out? So I ended up choosing to go back to high school here uh, in Florida. You know, I toughed it out and I graduated. I went on to college. It was kind of, I'm fortunate, I'll say that because when I, when I, again, when I reflect back on it, I think my life could have taken a different turn because, you know, I didn't have that strong relationship or support from my stepdad at all. I was kind of in this floating hemisphere, like, okay, I have to raise myself. Okay. Cause you're like, what are you going to, what are you going to do? What do you want? No one ever asked me those questions. It was just kind of you know, taking it a day at a time. And I was fortunate enough to have a group of friends around me that they had good values. They all wanted to go to college. So we all went to college together, you know, um, my best friend, super grateful for her. She wanted to move out. I needed to move out. So that also helped me. I mean, I worked full time. I went to school full time and I, I volunteered like 20 hours a week. So I don't know where I found the time to do any of those things to be <laughs> Um, well, let's go backwards for a second. So tell me about your relationship with your mom. What was she like? Oh, so my mom was very, okay. So, I mean, she passed when I was 17. So how strong of a relationship or how well do you know your mom or any parent at that age, really? Cause they're this kind of authoritative figure for you. Mm-hmm. You don't have that same, you don't have like that friendship relationship. And that's probably one thing that I really wish I could have had is an adult relationship with my mom because when my mom passed, a lot of her secrets kind of were released. I found out that I had siblings that I never knew about. Um, She had like a ex-husband or current husband that I didn't know about. Um, Just like this whole other life. So you grow up with this person, the closest person to you is your mother and she passes and you figure out, you find out rather that you don't know her at all. So that's kind of been, um, as far as like what the question that you're saying, something that something hard that happened in your life, that's really shaped the rest of your life is just kind of trying to answer those questions that I have for her that I'll likely never have the answers to. Right. Um, and then as I get older, it's like realizing a lot of that, a lot of that mystery of her is ex- I'm exactly the same person. I'm exactly the same person, like no matter how much I try to fight it. Um, so, but as a kid, what I remember of her is that she was very strict. I mean, she had me at 45. So by the time I was a teenager, she was like late fifties into her sixties. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember being embarrassed of her because she was like the old Asian mom, but I mean, learning about the whole, the life that she lived prior to me. I mean, super fascinating. She lived all around the world. I mean, she had, I have a ton of siblings that most of which I have not met. And yeah, just, I wish I could know the answers to a lot of these questions that I have about her, but just really strict. And I was, I feel that I was probably more of a possession to her than a daughter. And I don't know how to really explain that. But I remember when she used to argue with my stepdad because he would try to discipline me or something. She, her defense was always, no, 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 that's my daughter, right? That's my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so 
I don't know. I, I guess that kind of drilled into me a little bit. Like, okay, what am I? Who am I? What What is my importance or what is my take so on that, this world? Right? That's kind of my next question. I was going to ask, how does that affect you personally? Because when you're that young, you're kind of developing who you are and your parents mm-hmm. are a big part of how you kind of define your personality in your yourself and who you are and who you grow up to be. So yep. Yeah. I know you said you had a bunch of friends to kind of lean on that helped guide you. Um, and that's why you went to college and everything, but outside of them, did you get anything from her in that respect? Um, okay. So, I mean, the first thing that really came to my mind was that, you know, my stepdad, he had daughters of his own. And so when I came to be about 15 years old, he was extra hard on me because he did have a daughter that had an early pregnancy, like a teen pregnancy. And so I do feel, and I don't know hundred percent because obviously we never spoke on it, but I do feel that was why he was very strict on me. And like, he didn't want me to wear women's clothes. I had to have frilly baggy clothes. I couldn't wear my hair down, no earrings, no makeup, like forget about it. Yeah. And so I think he, I think like I was saying before, I think he did the best that he could like what he thought was right at the time. And I think that by being that strict on me, um, he actually pushed me to be a little bit more mischievous, you know, like hiding clothes in my backpack and like, you know, you know, the things that girls do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as far as my mom, I mean, gosh, it was like more than half my life ago. So when I think about how did that, I think, I don't think that the relationship that I had with her really shaped anything going forward, but I think it was more so, the relationship I didn't have with her. It was, you know, I, I couldn't really talk to her about things. Um, it was very, I would say it was a very like vanilla kind of relationship. It was like, I went to school, I came home, she cooked, we ate, we watched TV. It was very mundane, very repetitive. Um, I can't say that I had really a relationship with her, but I think it also had to do with you know, language barrier. She didn't really speak English. She didn't speak Italian. She speak Tagal- She spoke Tagalog. I don't speak Tagalog at all. Um, in fact, I still have Filipino friends and I get around the language and I have no idea what's going on whatsoever. Wait, um, so what language does she talk to you in? I would say broken English, you know, but it's amazing how, how easily you can get by with just like body language type of thing. Like, obviously I knew some words here and there. She was mostly, mostly angry with me all the time. So you figure out those (laughs) words, right? Um, Yeah. I don't, I I don't know for sure. I just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So do you have like any emotional kind of distress from the hardships? I mean, now that you're an adult, do you still carry anything with you that still, that you're still working through today? Ah, Let me know if I'm going too deep. (laughs) Probably, I would say yes. Um, Every so often, um, you know, something will come up. Um, You know, you, you think you've buried certain pains and then you'll get a trigger. Oh man, I thought, you know, I thought I had, I had gotten over that or whatever. Um, I don't know. It's like, I had a realization recently, you know, I, I guess I always assumed I had daddy issues, you know, just cause I didn't have that relationship. And then with, as an adult dating 
and, and stuff, like seeing how those issues came about with the partners that I chose. And then like I w- what I was starting to say about like recently, just understanding like the mommy issues that I have, the absence there, the, the relationship that did not exist. And then being at this age, 34, a lot, most people, my, most people at my age do have their parents still in their lives. And the relationship that they have now at 30 something is much different than the relationship that they had as an adult. So I think as far as what affects me, it's it's kind of like FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. Like I'm missing out on so much because, you know, I, I lost my mom at 17. My biological father, I never knew. He passed the same year I was born. So didn't know him at all. And then my stepfather passed in 2012. So I've really been kind of going around in life on my own trial and error, a hundred percent, depending on people getting taken advantage of then also in reverse, right. From that happening so much, then also being kind of the villain in in a scenario too, like taking out certain things that I hold on other people or making people pay for things that happened in my past, you know? So yes, I think that you know, the relationships that I, the relationship or the lack of relationship that I had with my parents has affected the way that I've been moving as an adult with other adults. And, you know, I'm kind of working through that. I have a lot more awareness now. I was about Um, to say the self-awareness that you're showing right now is like real. Like a lot of people, even older than us, don't have that much self-awareness. So I honestly think that's a good thing because that can only help you grow and move on and move past things that you've experienced. That also plays a part into my personality too. I I have been a people pleaser a a good portion of my life and not even knowing it because I think I have this outer shell, this like defense mechanism of like, I don't give a shit about anybody or what they think or whatever, but I'm finding that that's totally not true. I really do care, but it's because of that like need for, self like affirmation and like um acknowledgement from others because I've just been floating alone for so long Mm -hmm. and so when I when I encounter people and they're giving me that little bit of extra you know like kudos or you know whatever it might be then I really gravitate towards those people because I do feel a little bit more fulfilled so and that can be dangerous right because depending on the type of person it is they could totally manipulate you or take advantage of that and I've also encountered those kind of things so no for sure you know pat on my own back I do have a lot of you know, over certainly over the last three years, I've had to do a lot of self-reflection because my job required it. And then also in doing those things and, you know, talking to others about their own reflections about themselves, you know, it, you, it only posed the question like, okay, well, what about you? How would you answer that? Like, and so I would leave a classroom or something and I would sit at home and I'd be like, Hmm, well, okay, what happened today? Who did I talk to today? What did we talk about? How would I have answered that? You know, if somebody would have posed the same question to me. So yeah, I, I don't know if that answers your question, but I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you totally did. Don't even remember that. You did. So yeah, tell me, what is your biggest lesson from this, from that whole experience? From the experience with my parents or from the experience with losing your mom at such a young age, just the relationship with your stepfather has that. I know that experience clearly it has shaped you in many different ways, but 
what is your takeaway that you'll move forward? Like I'm asking in a sense, like if you have children, has that kind of changed your mind of how you might interact with them or something like that kind of going forward? I feel like a lot of people might answer that question the same way. It's uh, or at least people that grew up in somewhat dysfunctional uh, environments. I think you learn what not to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> you learn what not to do. Um, you treat your children as if they are people. You allow them to think for themselves. You don't just order them around. Um, you don't dictate who they're going to be or what they're going to do wrong. You give them the space to learn and grow. And sometimes that means doing the wrong thing and learning from that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, being more of that support system rather than somebody that's tearing them down. Um, so I think if I ever choose to become a parent, um, (laughs) those are kind of the things that like stick out to me is just, you know, what not to do and treat your children as if they have a mind of their own and allow them the space to be themselves and, um, not so judgmental and just accept them for who they are and show them the love, um, you know, super cliche, unconditional, right? No matter what it is they do or, or think or believe, just love them and, you know, not try not to project yourself or your beliefs or your, the things that you want for your life that maybe you never achieved onto them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so again, when I reflect back and people, and I've told my story a lot of time and you guys are only getting like a bits and pieces of it, but a lot of people will question me. They're like, I don't know how you're still standing. Cause you know, you, so much has happened in, in a life span, I feel. And, you know, I, I feel like, I, I feel like maybe I've normalized it, that I'm just so used to bad shit happening that I just know how to maneuver through it. But, um, you know, as far as like, what would I do for, you know, it doesn't even have to be my children. I have nieces and nephews galore (laughs) and, you know, even 20 year old nieces and nephews. And I think about, you know, their thought processes and how important it is to have serious relationship with these, with these young adults, because that's our future, you know, and I hate to make myself seem old because I don't feel old at all, but the 20 year olds, I mean, how often are we really having conversations with them to see what they think or feel about certain things, certain topics, certain issues, or how they're moving through their life? I mean, kids are sad. They don't even know why they're sad. So why aren't we having those conversations, like trying to figure out like, okay, how can we help them? So all of that, I would say not, doesn't only apply to the kids that I may or may not have, but also just like, the people around us. I think, you know, especially now we're talking election time, right? The way that people vote, they're usually voting because of whatever benefits them as an individual, but maybe some of us should think a little bit bigger than that and think about, okay, how does this affect the whole, everybody, like the whole group? And I'm not saying one way or the other, but, you know, just standing out here on, um, on the plaza. I mean, you have people screaming both ways, either way, but like, who's had, who's taking the, time to really understand the other side or you know or can we stand together and see what's a better what's a better solution so I I think that goes not only with your parent you know child relationship it's your friends and family it's your you know your loved your you know significant others your teacher student your you know it can it goes all the way across I feel like I love that you're so insightful. I just love it. Okay. Well, really? now that we've kind of touched on like <laughs> this, 
<laughs> the hard part, like a lot of the hard things that you've gone through and talked about your mom. Let's talk about something big or good that kind of also shaped who you are. Has something your- big and good? Yeah. Something what big comes to me is the fact that you lost your job and then you traveled like crazy and you uh, turned lemons into lemonade. Okay. Yeah. Well, some people might look at that as crazy. Um, okay. Well, no, for sure. So when I lost my job, I said, okay, do I sit at home and cry about it? Or do I do some of the things that I've just been wanting to do? I mean, I will say I've been pretty, I was fortunate to not have been living paycheck to paycheck. So I did have a little space to play around a little bit. And then, um, so yeah, I got laid off. And then from there I ended up this is the best way that I love to travel. I like to go to cities where I know people and stay with That's them. That's so traveling very, smart. <laughs> very economically and yes. smartly, exactly. I mean, two things. I mean, I mean I'm fortunate because uh, one of my sisters works for an airline and she's hooked me up with Buddy Pass all year. So I just pay for the taxes. So my airline tickets are very affordable. And then I just stay whatever city I'm staying in. I usually stay with a person or if I travel with a person, we're splitting the bills. So since July 31st, I've gone to Nashville, Tennessee. I've gone to uh, Denver, Colorado, Panama City Beach, Florida. I've been to Seattle, Washington. I went to Los Angeles, California, and Laguna Beach. I've been to D.C., Virginia a bunch of times. Obviously, Clearwater, Florida. I went to Austin, Texas for the first time, finally. So I've been doing a lot of moving. um, And that's just been since July 31st. So which place was your favorite? Oh, so I'm from, I mean, I grew up in Florida. I'm from an island. I no, love no, no, no. We don't like Florida. <laughs> we love Florida. I know they're crazy. <laughs> they're, they, we, I'll say we, let me include myself, but um, because I like the beach so much and I've never been to the Pacific ocean beach other than Hawaii, I was totally impressed by Laguna Beach. It's very expensive, but where we stayed, it had a private beach and the beach was absolutely gorgeous. Like is that where you were in the golf cart? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, doing bougie things, whatever. Y'all have to check out her Instagram. It was hilarious. But yes, I was like, sign, what is this girl doing now? <laughs> look at sign Cheetorita. That's C-E-T-T-A-R-I-T-A. Cheetorita. Um, <laughs> To throw myself out there. Yeah, I would say that was probably one of the better experiences. Um, never did it. I mean, but then at the same time, I guess my second or maybe a tie for sure would be Seattle. I mean, I got lucky because the days that I was there, it was sunny the whole time, but people tell me it rains all the time. We hiked Mount Rainier and they had wildflower fields and it was just absolutely gorgeous. Like I breathtaking it everything looked fake to me like a magazine and so that was really nice too you got lucky I only got one day of sun when I went to Seattle one day out of an entire week it was snowing and it was raining and just cold that sounds terrible well don't go at Christmas time (laughs) yeah initially uh, initially I, I was going to Seattle because I had gotten a bite for a role at the University of Washington 
in Seattle. So for a learning and development role. And uh, so I was like, hmm, if I'm going to consider it, because I only applied for it because it was a remote position. Uh, but when they reached out to me, they said, so are you looking for full-time remote or would you move eventually? So I gave them the answer that they wanted, but I figured, let me go check this place out just in case I end up there. <laughs> so that's how I ended up going. But I knew a girl that I met one time, like 10 years ago that lived there. She let me stay with her. We did a bunch of stuff, uh, like touristy things and it was cool. That's awesome. So how has traveling kind of shaped your life and changed your perspective? Well, I would say I'm absolutely blessed. Um, I've met, you know, both in Florida and now living in Texas. I've met a lot of people that are so comfortable with just never leaving their city or never leaving their state. And I find that to be so bizarre. The you know, bubble I, syndrome. Oh my gosh. And just totally content with it, not mm-hmm. seeing the rest of the world. I, I basically live to vacation. My old boss used to say that taking vacations was my drug because I would, you know, people take drugs to escape the reality and I would take vacations to escape my reality. And, and I kind of argued that point because I'm like, no, that's not true. But then maybe it is because when I would be on vacation, I would literally be planning my next vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he, there's a little bit of truth in that, but no, I think coming from another country at an early age, I had already experienced a lot of that back and forth, you know, from one country to another, uh, experiencing different cultures, different food groups. I mean, I, my list of foods that I don't like is very short. It's raisins and coconut. That's it. Other, yes. Raisins and coconut. That's it. Other than that, I pretty much can tolerate everything. Um, and yeah, no. So going back and forth as a kid and then now as an adult, I mean, absolutely. I love to go on vacation, you know, and, and this year was the first time that I have done so much circulation within the U.S. I'm really and I have some more spots that I still want to see. I mean, the West Coast of the U.S. I don't know why I never took the opportunity to see the national parks and the mountains and, you know, all of these things. They're beautiful. They're absolutely gorgeous. And I don't You're know why I'm in love with nature. Oh, absolutely. And, and, um, I truly believe, I mean, I have, I had this girl tell me one time about how I used to get static electricity all the time. She says, you need to sit on the ground. And I was like, why? She's like, you need to be more grounded with the earth. That's the reason why you have so much static electricity because of technology and like computer screens, TV, whatever, all of that stuff. But like, when you have that much static electricity, you need to sit on the ground. I don't know if that's true or not, but I started sitting on the ground. And now <laughs> I don't know if that's a mental thing or what, but yeah, for sure. You know what? If it works, it works, whatever. <laughs> so if you take anything away from this conversation, it's that go outside, sit on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> So in what ways have your experiences carried you forward? Professionally, I would say because I lost my family or my parents young and then, you know, my siblings have always been overseas. um, I have this kind of innate feeling like, okay, I cannot fail because who's going to pick me up? Like I don't have the option to call somebody and say, Hey, can you help me pay my rent? Hey, you know, can you pick me up and do this? You know, I've never, in fact, I'm the youngest person for my generation in my family. And I feel like I've always been the one that's dishing out the help, you know, whether that be like, you know, monetary or just like even emotional help, like talking through things and stuff like that. So like, I've always felt like I've been the support system to others, but I don't know that I ever really felt safe and comfortable with relying on others to help me. And so I think that 
that drive or, or that feeling that I just have no one except myself has really like pushed me to continue going forward. You know, I've, I've been laid off, I've been fired and my biggest skill is my ability to network and just like know people. And that's really helped me even get to where I'm at now. I mean, we're in a pandemic, people have lost their jobs everywhere. And here I am with a great job simply because of somebody I know. I don't technically have the skills for this particular job, but because of my ability to have networked with someone that really believes in me, here I am. My previous role, you know, the two guys that I worked with, super smart guys, they have PhDs in this stuff. Here I am, regular old Conchetta, right? And again, I guess on paper, not technically qualified for that role, but still super successful in doing so. And, you know, I do account, I do account a lot of my success for the mentor that I, or mentorship that I had. And, you know, again, relationship. Well, if anybody else is kind of going through the same situation or a similar situation where they're going through really hard experiences, what would you tell them to kind of help get them through it and to come out positive and you're just so full of light and love on the other side? I know that people's experiences, you don't, not every experience has to define who you are now, even if it was hard, but sometimes just kind of seeing the light at the other side of the tunnel, at the end of the tunnel, whatever that saying is, sometimes it's just not that easy. So what advice can you maybe dish out? It doesn't have to be deep or heavy, but what would you tell somebody if they came to you and they said they were going through like a similar situation? Yeah. I mean, the best that you can do is allow yourself to feel sad, right? And just explore those feelings. Also, you don't have to be tough all the time. Like allow yourself to be vulnerable. You'll, you'll be surprised who can, who would step up for you. Mm-hmm. You know, just like I was explaining how I've felt very alone and isolated and felt like nobody's ever going to be there to help me through things people have surprised me. And so I would say, allow yourself to be vulnerable, share your feelings with others. You never know who might come out the woodworks and help you through something. So you don't have to have the answers yourself. You don't have Absolutely. to, have the, you don't have to have the answers yourself, you know, allow yourself to lean on others because I, I generally, that most people are good right? You hear all this bad stuff everywhere on the news, looking, you know, watching TV, looking outside the door, people are complaining all the time, but those are the things that are distractions. You can see them very easily, but generally people are good and people care about each other. So you just got to get through all the crap and then deep down there it is. There it is. Yeah. So just be vulnerable, allow yourself to feel and yeah, people will surprise you. How do you stay so positive? Girl, look, I can't say that I have always been very positive. I mean, I used to complain a lot. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. I just got tired of hearing my own voice, I think. Um, and I wasn't going anywhere with it. I was just like, okay, why am I complaining about something that I'm seriously not doing anything to change? I'm just going to keep on complaining. And then as soon as I made that realization within myself, I started looking at the people around me, you know, misery loves company. And you start oh, seeing, yeah. okay, this person is complaining all the time, but they're not doing anything about it. Okay. That's a waste of my energy. Let me move on. And I mean, staying positive, it's hard. It really is. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm positive all the time. Cause I'm not, I have my moments. I cry. I get mad. I get, sad. you know, I go through all the same emotions too, but I think at the end of it, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with that emotion? 
right? Am I going to apply it towards something that I can physically touch, see, whatever? Or am I just going to throw it, you know, throw it away and move on, right? So I don't know. I, I try, I think, I think it goes back to the fact that so many people have always depended on me to carry their emotions or carry whatever it is that they're going through. that I just tuck mine away, right? And I just conditioned myself to be that way for a long time. So it's kind of like the social media project. Don't believe everything you see on social media just because somebody <laughs> is smiling or you got a happy relationship or whatever it is. There's usually something else behind that. So it may seem that I'm always positive and happy and, and stuff. And I do try really hard at that. I'm not going to say that I don't because I do. I do try hard. Um, but I also have my moments where I'm just like miserable, you know, you're um, human. You're going to experience multiple exactly. emotions. Like, I mean, that's normal, exactly. but I will say that let's say I came to you with one of my million issues. (laughs) You are always like willing to listen and just open and very honest. And your feedback, your advice was very, it was just always so valuable and it was never negative or off-putting in a way where you're, yes. You were, oh my God. So if y'all ever talk to Conchetta, she's like the most just (laughs) laid back, non-judgy person you will ever meet. But it's, you don't meet very many people like that. Like you're literally a diamond in the rough. You're going to make me cry. I'm sorry, don't cry. (laughs) But I'm just, I'm being honest. Like it's, it's, they come a dime a dozen. So that's why it just, it blows my mind after everything that you've been through you're still just such a good person, no matter if you're going through something or not, you just, you glow. You're just, it's just, you're Chetta. You're just such a Girl, good person. Girl, I'm glowing right now because this is crowned <laughs> vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I really appreciate that, honestly. And I've had people tell me that before. I'm just trying to figure out how do I put that in a jar and monetize that? Girl, <laughs> share it when you find out. I know, seriously. (laughs) No, really. But no, I honestly, sincerely, I really appreciate that. It really means a lot to me Um, because we're what we have 7 billion people in the world, right? And so if somebody can recognize you out of 7 billion, I mean, I think you're doing pretty good in life, right? Yeah, I think that's a good sign. Yeah, I think that's a good sign. Now, so my last question to kind of do with our topic is going to be, why do you feel like it's important for people to share their experiences, good or bad? Man, learning. I mean, that's really my answer is learning. Um, But it has to be on their own accord because I've also met people that, you know, I'm sharing my story to with and they're like, oh, I've been through that. Let me tell you what to do. And, you know, all this stuff. You have to make sure that you don't, give unsolicited advice, right? Like, yeah, listen, just listen, just listen. It's amazing how much you can learn from just listening from somebody. But I do, I mean, I think it is important to share your stories because you don't know what other people might be going through, or maybe they're not able to approach it in the same way that you've been able to. Um, And yeah, I think, I think we think we're alone in this world and that we're the only people going through the issues that we're going through, but it's not true. It might not be exactly the same, but it might be very similar to someone. And so I think, again, 7 billion people in the world. I mean, you don't have one person that you can lean on one person that can support you through something. I think it's very, the only way 
that people can even find space to be vulnerable is feeling like somebody else understands you. Mm-hmm. So by sharing your stories, you know, people will listen and be like, okay, oh, I understand that person. Or, you know, even on a, something as simple as somebody that you work with, right. Somebody that you don't have a close relationship with and they move through and you have this perception that there's such an hard ass or they don't care about you, but you have no idea what's going on in their life. Right. Yeah. Or why it is that they are the way that they are. So I think just in sharing each other's stories, you, you know, you take, what, five minutes a day to really learn a person and think about how much better, uh, more effective that relationship could be. Right. So yeah, honestly, sharing your stories are are probably the most valuable contribution you could do or give to this world, you know? So I love it. That's the perfect, I think that's like, that sums it all up. That's like the perfect answer. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This was like a, a very kind of deep topic. Because I mean, it had highs and it had lows. <laughs> you had a little bit of tears, but you're good. She's still smiling. <laughs> so we're going to end the episode with your confession. So did you have, did you bring anything for me today? Confession. <laughs> I know. I'm like a confession. Uh... So I can give you some examples. Something that you did that you've never told anybody. Or just like an embarrassing Girl, I'm story. an open book. Everybody knows everything. Well, these um, people don't know you, so just pick something. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. I'll just keep it simple. Not really confession, but just kind of these like really weird, per- peculiar things about myself. Mm-hmm. For example, I'm crazy about dental hygiene. I just got my Invisalign, so I'm even more crazy about dental hygiene. But if you're not foaming and drooling at the mouth, you didn't brush your teeth, right? And that's, that's as crazy as people are always like, why why do you have toothpaste on your shirt? It's because I brushed my teeth. Why don't you have toothpaste on your shirt? (laughs) (laughs) So that, and like, if I'm wearing tennis shoes, I have to put my sock and then my shoe on and then my other sock and then my other shoe Um, instead of both. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So you put (laughs) one sock and then the shoe with that corresponding foot and then the other sock and the other shoe on. So most people would put both socks on and then put the shoes on. Yeah. No, I do one at a time. And then I've never even thought about that. (laughs) Yeah. And then the last thing is I have an obsession with jarred vegetables, basically. So pickled, um, (gasps) pickles, olives, um, the little pearl onions, the little baby corns, um, roasted red peppers. Love those. Crazy about those. So, well, wait, yeah. So what is it about the jarred vegetables? Like, <laughs> are they just that yeah, good? Or? I have no idea, but I love them. I don't know if I'm like waiting for the apocalypse or something. I don't know. But <laughs> I love them. I don't know. I'm weird, I guess. Well, you know what? I had, um, there's this place in Fredericksburg called Russell and Rob's. They have my favorite salsa. So like usually once a year, I drive to Fredericksburg to go get some salsa and then they have pickled okra and they have pickled garlic. Oh yeah. That's good too. They have, oh, and then I had pickled carrots. Those are three things that I never would have thought would have been delicious. They, oh my God, pickled okra is bomb. Like, so I do like pickled okra, but I don't know about those carrots. I yeah. love carrots though. Like I'll drink carrot juice with like a, a touch of lemon. 
Mm-mm, like no. in the summertime, it makes your skin glow. Makes okay, okay. chocolate so let me on revise my list. Let me revise my list. No <laughs> raisins, no coconut, and no pickled carrots for sure. God. No, 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 no. You have to try. Next time you come to Houston or I see you somewhere, I'm going to be like, here's your jar. You have to try them. They're so good. They're so good. And they're like crunchy. Oh, girl. That's hilarious. I can talk about that all day. (laughs) Well, good. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Let's do your Instagram one more time. Just so in case somebody missed yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, my handle is at Cheetarita. So C-E-T-T-A-R-I-T-A. All right. There you have it. Thank you for coming on. And hopefully we can get Thanks you back. It's a really pleasant experience for me. Awesome. And then Conchetta is also going to have her own podcast. So I'll be sure to plug it here as soon as it goes live. And maybe we can get you back on here and you can come talk about it. Okay. Yeah, that would be great. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want more information on previous or future episodes, please check out my website at thelivingroomconfessional.com. And you can also check out and follow my IG page at livingroom underscore confessional. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye. Bye.